This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush. And guys, it's Bravo Friday. We've made it through this week. So much, I feel like, has been going on in the Bravo sphere that I have so much to talk about. I have notes and notes and notes, pages and pages and pages. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) My mic mic is lifting up. It's like a ghost. Okay. Are we good? I hate this thing. Okay. Anyway. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody who reached out about Ruby uh, this week and her little um, situation. She's much better. We, I mean, sorry about this, but she had a solid yesterday and it was quite a celebration. Um, And the vet said that she's fine. She looks great. Guys, she's 45 pounds. She's a big girl. A big girly. Now, I do have to say that I'm so fucking... This, like, all happened for a reason because... I really, really hated my vet. Like, I hated this fucking place. But when I got Ruby, vet offices, like, were still kind of weird with COVID, like, about COVID. Like, they were really behind. Like, they were overbooked, understaffed. Like, so when I got her, of course, you take them to the vet, like, right after you get a new puppy to get them checked up, do everything like that. And I called all these places. Like, I called the old vet that my mom used to take our dog to, who I loved, 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 loved so much, but they couldn't see Ruby until like March. And I was like, okay, that's not going to work for me. So I found this vet. They said that they'd take her. I hated them immediately. I think the people that work there are really nice, but they like nickel and dime you. I mean, she Ruby had a UTI back in like, what was that, February? And the amount of money that it cost me was absolutely insane. So. Ruby has this problem this week. I call the vet. They're closed until August. Don't know why. Don't know if they're remodeling. Don't really care. So then I call the old vet that I really, really liked. And guys, it was like meant to be. They were like, oh my gosh, we actually have an opening at 1020. Can you bring her in? And I'm like, that is perfect. So I got to figure it out. I'm so glad I'm going to that vet now. It was amazing. The vet there is just like incredible. Um... If you, you know, live in the Metro Detroit area and you happen to listen to this podcast, the that I take Ruby to now, thank God, is in Royal Oak called, I think it's called like Main Street Vet or something. I don't know. But 
So I kind of have, you know, notes that are all over the place a little bit. They kind of, most of them are Bravo related. I do just have a couple things that I want to just quickly chit chat about and then we could get into the recaps. I will be recapping Southern Charm um, from last week. Well, basically the whole season because I just caught up. Um, You know, I tried to like not do it, but I can't help myself. I'm trash. And then, of course, I'm going to recap Married to Medicine and Real Houses of Beverly Hills. So first, I just want to talk about something really quick, and that's really been bothering me. And that's I need Lamar Odom to shut the fuck up about Chloe. I need him to stop talking about her to get himself in the press. Like, it's so annoying. And here I am talking about it, but it's just I'm sick of it. I don't find it cute. I don't find it endearing. I don't wish that they would get back together. Did I love them when they were together? Absolutely, I did. Absolutely, I did. I was a huge fan of their show. I remember when I I like remember where I was when he was in the hospital a few years back like it was traumatizing and I was like so emotional for Chloe because Chloe just has been through so much and for this man to just nonstop fucking talk about her is so annoying to me talking about like how she should have hollered at him to have another baby Lamar we're good actually we're we're really good Chloe doesn't need to go backwards Chloe needs to move forwards and you are not part of that equation thank you very much. Second thing that's not Bravo related. Natalie from Love is Blind and Blake from The Bachelorette. He was part of Katie's season. Um, That was tough. They were seen out and about together. They're like seemingly on vacation together. And I'm just kind of going to keep an eye on that space. I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, I'm just kind of got my eye out. I know that they do share the same manager. So... Maybe that is kind of why, like, you know what I mean? So we'll see. We'll see. I I honestly think that would be kind of a cute, interesting, fun couple because I really liked Natalie. I don't know much about Blake other than he looks like Sully from Monsters, Inc. Like, I really, I don't, he's not my kind of guy, but that's okay. Um, And I just have a quick bone to pick with Miss Kourtney Kardashian. Now, Kim kind of called her out on this for a couple years ago because Courtney's like all about like eating healthy and like eating clean and not using this. And the remember they wanted to throw a Candyland themed birthday party and she wanted to have like all natural candy. And Kim was like, that's ridiculous. And then Kim was like, do you wear plastic sunglasses? Like you do this, you do that. Like you're not the queen of Miss Sustainability. Like truly this woman annoys me to my core sometimes because she loves to post about poosh on her fucking instagram which poosh is no offense like i don't understand like who even goes on to poosh um so yeah and she always is posting about like sustainability and green and be you know about energy and the and saving the planet and it's like that's great like i love that be about it but can you talk to your family because your sisters are taking private jet flights for five minutes and like their carbon footprint is bonkers and we need to have that conversation court you know what I'm saying like it's just it's like the hypocrisy I'm just like over it it's just it exhausts me I can't take it um and so that is pretty much all I have for non-bravo stuff now Let's get into Bravo, please. Why the reason for the season? I'm obsessed. Things I'm obsessed with right now is Ramona Singer and Abiza, or Abitha. I I don't know. I 
is it Ibiza or Ibiza? I don't know. I'm not rich enough to go there. So why would I know? She's living her best life. And I posted about this the other day and I said, if I'm not like Ramona Singer when I'm 60 years old, like I don't want to be 60. And people took that so, so fucking literally. And they're like, so you want to be like an old racist woman? I'm like, obviously not. That's not the goal. I'm just saying like she's just living her fucking best life. Like she was married for 25 years to Mario. You know, she worked through that pain and process and now she's just partying it up. She's listening to David Guetta like she's in little tinsel skirts like she is truly thriving. And guys, she's also like 65 like it. She's I'm sorry. She's a legend. She's an icon. And I, I hate on her if you want. Real Housewives would not be where what it is today without her. That is just the truth. Also, in some news, Mike Shoed from Shaws of Sunset. Obviously, if you guys pay attention to the news at all, he was arrested back in March and was released on a $50,000 bond for domestic violence. Now, it was kind of... Everyone kind of had suspicion that it was Paulina that was the um, victim of the situation. But no one ever came out and said anything really about it. Paulina has not posted on her Instagram, I believe, since March or May. I forget. One of them. So she's been like pretty quiet. Um, But her attorney now has spoken and said the primary focus is keeping her and her children safe. So it does confirm that Paulina was the victim in this situation. And Mike is being charged with eight counts of battery and attempting to dissuade a victim from making a statement and also six weapons charges. And one of them is um, uh, he has like an assault weapon. So that just makes me really sad for Paulina. I hope she's okay. Um, I hope, you know, she stays safe. Uh, And Mike is a fucking piece of shit loser like everyone suspected him to be. And if you guys watched their last reunion, I'm I'm honestly so glad Shaw's ended because it was getting so dark and so heavy especially with the Mike and Paulina and Destiny stuff like if you go back and rewatch the reunion you can see in Paulina's face that she's clearly a victim of some sort of abuse uh I'm not going to say that Mike physically abused her back then I don't know obviously now we know I mean we have good reason to believe that he was abusive now so yeah I just I hope I hope she has her friends and family around her it's very difficult and much love to Paulina and her children now Sheree from Real Houses of Atlanta is officially dating Martel from Love and Hip Hop he I've heard questionable things about him that he's a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. And I don't think Sheree has a good picker, as Patty Stanger used to call it. I don't think she has a good picker. I think she picks problematic men. I think her and Kenya both pick idiots. Um, So, I mean, I hope she's happy. I hope, you know, he treats her right. I think Sheree deserves the world. She's truly one of the most beautiful, stunning people. I... A couple weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago. Honestly, I don't even remember. Like, what is time? Um, I had taken an edible, and I was convinced that Sheree and Melissa Gorga looked alike. 
and I had texted multiple people about this and they said, go to sleep, go the fuck to sleep. You are a clown. So there's that. Also, um, let's see. Let's see. Oh, yes. How could I forget? First, before we get into Erica's new lawsuit, I do want to talk about Rachel from Below Deck, Chef Rachel. She is coming for Austin Kroll, the Muppet from hell on social media. She said that he is the most narcissistic person she's ever met. She posted text messages between her and a Bravo PR rep saying like because the Bravo PR rep was like, can you please like take that down? Like we don't like when other uh, Bravo liberties talk about talk badly about other shows, which honestly, I'm sorry. That's, I don't think that that's true because they all do that. Like they all come for each other. Like Gigi came for Lala. Like they, it, no, please. They all fight. They're Bravo liberties. It's like literally what they're paid to do. But she was like, no, like he's a fucking piece of shit. He, she cropped a lot of the, the messages out. So we don't really know what he did. We just know that uh, she hates him pretty much. And Bravo PR was like, okay, like we'll handle this, like blah, blah, blah. But like, you don't really, she didn't really talk about what he did. And then of course she went on to say like, oh yeah, PS fuck below deck. It's the worst. And I'm like, okay, it's literally why you have a platform, but do you girl? Um, I have said this on the podcast multiple times below deck is my blind spot. I used to watch it religiously with Kate and Hannah, Captain Lee, the whole gang. It got I'm tired like I have so many other things that I'd rather be watching like I'd rather we watch Veep for the eighth time than figure out who the fuck these people are and like where they are in the Mediterranean or I, I, listen I don't know if they're on like on the Dead Sea unclear when it comes to radio amp hits different amp is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love from hip hop to house music to heavy metal Discover new to you tracks and playlists made by music lovers who know what's good. And that includes you. Jump in the chat or call in to share your taste and add your own picks to the mix. Download AMP. That's AMP for free in the App Store or go to onamp.com. Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. So this week, whenever I say that, I feel like I'm on Love Island where he's like, this week, um, we got some footage of Erica Jane leaving LAX with Lisa Rinna and Erica is being served at the airport. And I have to tell you, Rinna dodged that camera like I've never seen her. Rinna has never dodged a camera in her life. Let's discuss that. And she ran the fuck away. She like saw that woman heading towards Erica with that stack of papers. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to be caught on TV today. 
no, 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 I will not be on TMZ next to this woman right now. Erica got the summons. So there's a lot going on online right now about exactly like what she is being sued for now. Like this woman is being sued for something new every week. Like last week, I think she's being sued for like $5 million by Nicolas Cage's girlfriend or something like that. Like I can't fucking keep up anymore. But this new lawsuit is accusing Erica of nine charges of racketeering, conspiracy to commit racketeering, unlawful business practices, and deceit. Um, This is a $50 million lawsuit and is basically saying that she was the front woman of the scheme. So Tom kind of did all of the scheming behind the scenes to then put money into like her pop career. That's kind of what it seems like. Um, And I've seen a lot online. I don't know if it's true or not. So uh, I don't know. But it's like there's all these crazy stories going on right now about how Tom had faked an Italian passport. Erica's son is involved somehow. I'm like, I have to be completely honest. I don't know if I care that much anymore. And I'm not saying I don't care about the victims of these lawsuits. Like, obviously, I do care about the victims, like the orphans and widows, et cetera, et cetera. But like, there's just a new lawsuit popping up every single week. I don't understand even like what she's being like sued for anymore. Like, I'm kind of just numb to it all. And I'm like, okay, there's another one. Like, I kind of am just like, what? are we supposed to do about this? Like, it feels like nothing is being like resolved. I get that the court system takes forever. Also that guy, Ronald Richards, that one lawyer is a fucking scary ass dude. He like bought Erica's old house in Pasadena. And if you know anything about this guy, you know that he's obsessed with her and like constantly comes after her on social media. And I'm like, I feel like you're a lawyer. You shouldn't be acting like this, but here we are. And I'm not like even an Erica defender. I'm just saying like, I feel like at this point, just okay like she's being sued again like oh what are we gonna do about it like the woman is being sued left and right it's and it's honestly all because tom can't tom is living in a home for because he has dementia like of course like if he was well i don't think erica would be getting like any of this shit i think it would all be on tom but unfortunately that's i mean it's not the case i mean that's what you get when you allegedly deceive orphans and widows and don't give them their millions of dollars like and burn victims like this is just sorry this is just what happens I guess I don't know um but I will you know of course like if I see anything or hear anything I will talk about it on the podcast but it's just like I feel like everyone everyone is kind of like checked out a little bit of all the lawsuits like it's a lot. And until like I hear like a confirmation from like like legit court documents and stuff like I don't I don't know until the Bravo docket like posts about it like and in you know layman's terms I'm not really sure what's going on and that's just my honest truth. Um, also OK let's get into my quick Southern Charm thoughts. So I hadn't been watching. I just kind of needed a little bit of a breaky break from Austin and Craig. They are on Bravo 365 days out of the year, it seems. Winter House, Summer House, Southern Charm, Watch What Happens Live. Like, I can't fucking escape these people. 
But Southern Charm is one of my favorite shows on Bravo of all time. It's it's given us so much. It's giving us like old, old classics. Like the drama was like so Southern and like T-Rav and Catherine and Patricia. And like um, I, of course, caved in and I watched all of the episodes that I had missed. I think it's been like three or four episodes. I have thoughts. So number one. I hate Catherine as a blonde. That bleach blonde is tragic. It is not a look for her. I don't love that for her. Now, when she goes into her confessionals and she's got that beautiful auburny red hair with extensions like down to her ankles, like that is a look. Like I support that. The bleach blonde Bob, um, no. I don't know who did that. I know Madison probably saw it and was like, that's no girl. Please come to my salon because I will do you right. Because Madison does beautiful hair. Like say whatever you want about Madison. Like she kills it Uh, because she's been doing Patricia's hair for like 13 years. She said on Watch What Happens Live and Patricia has beautiful hair. Madison has beautiful hair. Son is adorable. You guys know I stand my my Madison. Okay. And here's my issue, and I have an issue with this with myself, honestly, is I don't like Craig, but I do think Craig has matured. And I think he's matured past Austin and obviously Shep, because Shep is still, he is Peter Pan. He's never going to grow up. Uh, But I don't think Craig is like a bad person. I just think Craig obviously loves the fame he's a little bit narcissistic but like Andy Cohen says all the time he goes everyone on Bravo is a narcissist or else we wouldn't be here so I'm kind of going back and forth he does seem to be you know really maturing he's in a good place with Paige like I like seeing them together it's you know guys it's painful for me to admit it really is and of course Austin comes off horribly We'll get to that. Um, But I don't know, like his whole thing with Austin where he was like, I don't trust you. Like you're my friend, but I'm not going to tell you things because you tell fucking everybody. And this is also coming right off of the season of Summer House that they had just filmed. So like he had been dealing with like shit with Austin for months of Austin being a terrorist in the Hamptons. And, you know, he's now dating Paige and he's like, I can't be doing this. Like, you got to figure it out, man. And I I don't think Craig is the guy that's like he feels a little like he has a lot of success now and he thinks he's too good for everybody. I just think he's like, you guys are acting like assholes to me and I'm over it and I've moved past you and it is what it is. That's what I think. I don't know. And of course, Naomi is back. Uh, and you know, Naomi has said in interviews, she's like, I, I had to like swallow my pride. I had to, because I kind of did, she pulled a Stasi, and she was like, I'm too good for this show. I'm better than everybody. My boyfriend is better than everybody. And now she's crawling back and she's like, I, first of all, I miss the show. I miss my friends. I miss filming. Like, let's go. And I have to respect that she admits that. Uh, I I don't know if I could, but I would. (laughs) I don't know. I just think she's so stunning and I'm just glad that she's back. And 
I'm glad Matul is no longer a part of her life. He's a fucking loser, cheater, fraud, and was like so controlling. And it was so crazy to watch someone like Naomi, who's so beautiful and has so much going for her, shrink herself for this man because she felt that he was too good for her. And I'm like, what the fuck? But I think sometimes what happens in relationships, and I know that I've done this before, where the pendulum swings too far. So for her, she was dating Craig, who, you know, was sewing in the living room. He wasn't passing the bar. He was drinking a lot. He was partying. He was doing all this stuff. And yes, they loved each other. But like that would that would wear on me, too. But then she went and that's like one end of the spectrum. And then she swung so far to the other side where it was like this guy was like a very disciplined uh, doctor, like he's going to be a surgeon or a resident or something like very He takes himself very serious. He's very, like I said, disciplined, regimented, like he eats only healthy foods. He wouldn't let her have a cookie like he works out every single day. I think she went too far and I know I like I said I've done that in relationships where like I date one person and the next person I date is like the complete opposite and I've had to like work through that and like therapy you know so I that's what I just think happened um also I was unsure how I was gonna feel about Taylor I will be honest I I mean, I did judge her from Instagram. She did say some weird things about wearing masks during COVID time. So I, you know, I was kind of coming in with like preconceived notions. But ultimately, I think she's a really, really sweet girl. And she hitched her horse to a broke down 43-year-old wagon. (sighs) Shep, 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 Shep. It was fun and cute. When Shep was like a 33-year-old surfer, you know, rich boy who seemingly was like, you know, he loved to talk about like books and like he was whatever. Okay, that's fine. You're 43 years old. You have a beautiful young girlfriend and you're annoyed that you cheated on her and she has feelings about it. Like Craig even said, he's like, then don't cheat on her. Like if you're going to cheat on someone you have to be prepared for the repercussions. Like, that's just the facts. Like, if you wouldn't have done what you did, then Taylor wouldn't feel how she feels about you going out, about you partying. Shep, I think, is a master of self-sabotage. I think he's in a really good relationship with a really great girl. And he's like, I got to fuck it up. And he fucked it up because people reported last week, you know, our friend Dave Quinn over at People, he reported that they broke up and I've heard mixed things online. I've heard people say that they're just doing that for ratings, that they're really not broken up. She hasn't deleted the pictures of them off of Instagram. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm, you know, guys, keeping my eye on a lot of things. Um, But I just think she's a really sweet girl and I think she deserves a lot better than Shep. And uh, I feel like Austin has a thing for Taylor. I do. I think Austin... I don't know the way he kind of like talks about Taylor and like how he seems to be like a little bit protective of her. Something feels up. Um, maybe some feelings. I don't know. I maybe I'm just like making that up. But speaking of Austin, 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 Austin and Olivia are the most forced relationship that I've seen in a long time. 
this does not feel real. It does not feel authentic. It feels insane that I have to even put up with watching this. Like, there's something about Olivia that I don't like. I'm sorry. I don't like her cool girl attitude. I don't like the, like, this is just our first date. Like, we're taking it slow type of thing. I don't, like, no. Relax. Like, Austin's a mess. But they don't seem like that into each other. So I'm like, why am I watching you on dates with her? Like, this is not real. Like, him and Chelsea had more more chemistry than, excuse me, than him and Olivia did. Th- th- oh, my God. I'm having a stroke. Him and Chelsea had more chemistry than him and Olivia do. And I just don't like that I have to, like, even watch it. And watching Austin find out that Madison is engaged, he's like, oh, she's doing it for the headlines because she's doing it on Amazon Live. Sir, have you met yourself? You do everything for press. Like, he's always in a headline. He's always doing something and then, like, standing back and being like but what did I do it's like what are you fucking talking about you're the one going on watch it happen live talking about Madison potentially hooking up with a bachelor like and then you're wondering why you're in headlines like you fucking love it stop that's what I hate like don't pretend you hate it because you love it Austin Kroll and I think he's like really going through something I'm very kind of intrigued by the fact that like they keep only going to bars where he can like be filmed ordering a trop hop I'm like god the fucking beer that you couldn't get off the ground for the last seven years please are you kidding are you kidding I will never forgive that man for looking Madison dead in the face and being like she just rents out a chair the woman has a successful business and she makes more money than you ever will and you're a Muppet loser and as Rachel from the Below Deck franchise has said on Twitter do not do that to Jim Hansen's um, uh, legacy. She was like, he did not create the Muppets for you to compare him to Austin Kroll. And that made me laugh so hard. But I mean, he does look like Fozzie Bear. I can't deny. Um, quick, quick note about Catherine. Catherine's troubled. We've known this. I feel bad for Catherine that she went through everything that she went through with Thomas when she was like 21 years old. That's a whole other subject. But I do think she's got a lot of things to work out. She should be in deep therapy because Caleb is a great guy, it seems. And he's like, you can't keep like lashing out at me. The way that she was talking to him at her birthday was like a cry for help. And he like... He's basically saying you can't keep doing that and expecting me to not need a fucking minute. Like it's a lot. He's allowed to have these feelings. Caleb is allowed to say it was a lot for me to start dating you and meet your kids. Like that was a lot. I mean, it would be a lot for anybody. But she just like quickly ended it. And that felt so random. It was like the first episode of the season. I'm like, so you just brought this man on the show and broke up with him? Like, what's happening there? That felt strange. Um, I also have an issue with how she like lashes out at people and just like snaps at them. And it. I just don't like Catherine. I never liked Catherine. I did feel for her, obviously, like I was saying, that whole Ashley season was really tough, but I do think that she was still painted in this like a victim light. And I'm like, no, Catherine has done done some things too. 
I don't know. It just she she's got she's got issues that she's got to work out. And as far as Vanita goes, I see a lot of things online that I don't really enjoy about people coming for Vanita. She gets a lot of hate online and I don't really understand why she's not really doing anything that crazy, in my opinion. Um, I think and I relate to this heavily because I struggle with it as well. Is she has a problem, I think, with her delivery. I think she just says how she feels and she's just really blunt and she just I know I do that. I mean, I've said it on this podcast before. My friends have the nickname for me called Subtle Sam because I just I don't know how to have a subtle like conversation. I'm always like, what's the what's going on? Like, what's the problem? Which can be jarring for people. Um, But I don't think she was wrong in her conversation with Olivia. Hang on. There's like jazz music playing outside it was like really great there's like trumpets so sorry I don't know what's going on um if you listen to shortcomings you know that sometimes the club likes to pull up on Chris and now the club has pulled up on me um I don't know if you can hear it it's I mean it's beautiful saxophone seeming than a trumpet but it literally is so loud I feel like it's coming from inside of my apartment okay anyway <laughs> Um, so sorry. It's like so funny. Um, cause it's like this really sad song that's playing. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like as far as the birth, the joint birthday party with Madison goes, I get why Anita was annoyed or Vanita was annoyed, but at the same time, like Madison can't help that. Like she can't help that she just got engaged and your birthday parties are at the same time. Like, of course, people are going to talk to her about that. I think Vanita sometimes like stirs it up a little bit. Obviously, she copped to that on Watch What Happens Live. There was some tension between her and Madison. I was they've been doing a lot of press together and that's fun and fine. But like on Watch What Happens Live, like you could tell that they were both like not that down with one another, but they were still they still love each other, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, so that's all I have to say about Southern Charm. Obviously, I will be talking about it again next week um, with the new episode coming out on Thursday. Many of us are already planning our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Let's get into Married to Madison. Um, If you aren't watching the show, uh, you're not a real Bravo fan. It's the best, most consistent consistent show of all time on Bravo. Um, I mean, these ladies just deliver every single week. They're hilarious, beautiful, smart, like... They have good drama, good family drama. Like they all are like genuinely like real friends. It's an incredible show. Um, I <laughs> so last season they added a new girl. Um, now they've had like such a consistent cast since the very beginning. I think only like one or two girls have gone since the show has aired. Like that's really impressive. But everyone else has stayed. Um, Quad, uh, one of my favorite people on TV. She is a reality star. Uh, she was just demoted, but then they obviously came to their senses and was like, we can't demote Quad ever again. Um, 
But so they added this new girl and her name is Anila. Her husband is a plastic surgeon and she frustrates me to no end because she's just like one of those people that has like champagne problems. And I just don't feel bad for her because so their their nanny that they've had since their son was, you know, born. They have two kids uh, is moving. She's moving to Houston. She wants to go live with her family. She's like, I'm done raising your fucking kids, like getting the fuck out of here. Miss Gomez is like, I'm out. Um, and sorry, the piano in the background, it's making me laugh. I feel like I'm in the middle of like Nordstrom's when they play that piano in the back. OK, um, but she says in a confessional, she's like, how am I going to manage? Am I just going to stop blogging? Anila. Oh, my God. What is happening? Hang on. It is my TV. Okay. Sorry. That was so weird. Um, we are having some interesting paranormal activity happening um, on Hot of the Mess. This is now Ghost Hunters. Um, my TV is completely black. Like, And it was playing like haunting music. And then all of a sudden, there was a man's voice. And he was talking about pizza, pizza. And I was like, I don't know what's going on right now. But the music was still playing in the background. That was weird. Okay. So back to what I was saying about Anila and her blogging. Um, Anila, I promise you, you will have the time to raise your two children and blog. Um, As your husband is a doctor working in a pandemic, I think you will manage. Um, And I see some people online talking about Dr. Heavenly. So Dr. Heavenly is a dentist. She owns her own practice. She's a boss-ass bitch. And people are always kind of talking about her, like how she talks to her patients and things and are like, do, like, well, how does she talk to her patients like that? And you guys, I promise you, I worked in dental for five years. That really happens. Patients t- tell you everything. Like your patients tell you so much about their life. Like, you know, I knew everything about almost every patient I ever worked on. Like, the stories that I heard, like one girl, her sister got murdered by Somali pirates, like it, like the list goes on and on, like you become very close with your patients. So I don't want to hear any more heavenly slander when it comes to that part of her life. Now, when it comes to the other aspects of her life, well, then we can talk because the woman's a mess. The woman, she's the funniest woman on television, but she doesn't understand how hurtful her words are okay she has no clue and her husband dr damon tries to communicate this with her he is like the most soft-spoken teddy bear lovable man ever she calls him daddy and she makes she doesn't let other people call him daddy but (laughs) makes me laugh because he's like this huge man who's (laughs) i don't know it's uh, they make me laugh and he just is like how do like I don't know how he lives with her because uh, he's so polar opposite but maybe that's how they work I don't know um and then Quad and Dr. Simone have this really funny lunch and I'm gonna play a clip um because it has this conversation has to be heard okay it has to it's important Andrea? Andrea? Oh, but she got a black girl name, don't they, Andrea? It's not Andrea. It just flows into Andrea. Andrea? You hanging on to Drea. 
Just, what, what do you want me to just say? Just let go of that Drea. Just Andrea. Andrea. I know a couple black girls named Andrea. I know Andrea and Andrea. It's Andrea. It's whatever the mother says. I mean, if that clip doesn't get you to watch Married to Medicine, I don't know what will. These women just, oh, they're so funny. It's like amazing. They have like really heartwarming conversations. They all really love each other. But yet, like they have just these really funny, like little comedic moments throughout the show. It's just Chef's Kiss and Dr. Simone is my favorite person on the show. I love her. She's my mother. I love her husband, Cecil. If you guys want to watch a moving a moving episode watch the season five reunion Andy said it was one of the most real raw things he's ever seen in his life doing these reunions and shows in general I mean you saw them work through their marriage in real time and they are fighting through it and they love each other and it's just like they're your mom and dad and you they're like you can't get divorced they're like your friend's parents who just like if they felt like your parents and if they get divorced like you'll be devastated and I truly would be heartbroken and him and or Simone and Cecil are working on a book together about relationships and couples and marriage and I will be the first in line to get that book um and it's kind of random who they decide to sit down and have a little chit chat with about the book uh Amarosa (sighs) apparently they're longtime friends they've known her since before she had anything to do with The Apprentice But they went to her to seek advice about writing this book, about the process, what to do. And, you know, I mean, it was just kind of really random. And they were both like, yeah, like she does say some questionable things. Her politics are a little questionable, but like she is one of our oldest friends. Like they know each other so well. I think Amorosa even like talked to Simone's child at one point on the phone during this during this scene. Like they're very, very close. Um, So that was interesting. And let's talk about Toya really quick. I struggle with Toya a lot because she's a Detroit girly. So I just naturally am a little protective of her. Obviously, same with my queen, Kenya Moore, the hot dog king, et cetera, et cetera. But Toya is a mess. Toya is so out of touch with the fact that her husband is struggling with PTSD from the pandemic And is like, yeah, I buy myself flowers. I have to do self-care. And even Contessa was like, your whole life is self-care. Like, you don't work. You play tennis all day. You, like, go on first-class trips to Dubai. Like, what more do you need to do? Well, her husband is busting his ass in the emergency room as an ER doctor, you know, saving people's lives in the middle of fucking covid I mean, I was disgusted, frankly, with her behavior last season because that was like the height of COVID. And he was crying. He was exhausted. He was terrified. He saw so many people die. And then he came home and Toya was like giving him shit about not being home and like how she's by herself. She's like, are you kidding? Are you fucking kidding? She told him this episode. She's like, I think you need to find something that makes you happy and fulfilled. Well, he's a little fucking busy because he's paying for your lifestyle. And he already had to bust his ass because they lost their home due to like all their tax issues or something. And now they bought and built their dream home. Like she's running this man into the ground, truly. And he's a king. He's so sweet and funny. And I love him so much. And I just don't understand why she d- is doesn't seem to get it like he has to work and do all of these I sound like Vicky Gumbelson 
he has to do all these things because you keep spending all this fucking money. And then you're like, I have to buy myself flowers because you're not doing it. Man, he has, he is struggling, struggling. He cried at the last reunion because he was like, it was the hardest thing of my life seeing people die like that every single day. Like it's so hard. You don't become desensitized to it, but you do. He's like, it was a really big struggle. And she's just like on his ass. To wrap up my Married to Medicine recap, obviously, we have to talk about the explosive fight at the very end between Contessa and Dr. Heavenly. So Contessa has fucking had it with Dr. Heavenly running her mouth on her YouTube channel. Yes, I said YouTube channel. Dr. Heavenly does it all. Um, she also owns a beauty supply store. She's got, a, she's got her hands in everything. And Contessa is just like, I'm sick of you talking about all of us on this on this public platform saying all these crazy things about our marriages about us personally like I just don't fuck with you like that anymore so Contessa threw a movie night in her home theater with all the girls and Contessa and Dr. Heavenly basically staging an intervention and an ambush I would say because Dr. Heavenly had no idea what was happening she thought they were just watching a movie but it was actually a video of all of the clips that Contessa had compiled of Basically, it was Dr. Heavenly's greatest hits is what Contessa called it. And the thing is, and I've given it a lot of thought because obviously this episode came out on Sunday. So I've spent some days processing is my thing is I think Contessa is really hurt by Heavenly because she was very dependent on Heavenly. She was going through a lot of marital issues. And I think that she kind of replaced her husband with heavenly emotionally I think she leaned on her a lot told her a lot in private about their relationship and feels that she can't trust her anymore she feels that she's Dr. Heavenly isn't on her side um and just basically said a lot of things I'm so sick of today I am having so many distractions if she throws up I'm I quit this podcast it's happening okay after that brief intermission I don't know what's going on today you guys I truly I live in a house of horrors um okay like I was saying it kind of reminded me of two different situations on Bravo it reminded me of Candy and Phaedra because I think they had a very codependent friendship and Phaedra really, really relied on Candy, especially during the whole Apollo situation. So when Phaedra, my Scorpio queen, felt that Candy kind of siding with Apollo and housing his toys and his bikes and all his gadgets and gizmos in her garage, she felt devastated by that. She was so hurt by that because she was like, you know more than anybody what this man has put me through in this relationship and you're doing this right now. It also reminded me of the Shaws of Sunset reunion last year with Destiny and Paulina, where Destiny was like, you do not like I will not say everything you have told me about Mike at this reunion because I love you and you're my friend. But there was like this very unspoken thing between them where you could just kind of pick up what they were putting down. And now I'm not saying that Scott, Dr. Scott Metcalf is abusive like that like how Mike has been towards Paulina I'm not saying that but I'm saying I mean he was very they had a very tumultuous marriage last season from what we saw and I think 
Dr. Contessa just felt really, really hurt. I mean, the pain in her voice when she was yelling at Heavenly, it was tough. And like, I, I respected the fact that the other woman kind of let them have their moment and let them fight because they realized, I think all of them, that that pain ran so deep with Contessa. And I think Contessa is channeling all of the energy and anger that she feels towards Scott towards heavenly she's like this is the perfect outlet for me and I understand it I don't agree with it but like I get it so I mean there's a lot going on in the doctor married to medicine world okay let's get into real houses of Beverly Hills um I hope that there's no crazy um pauses that need to happen in this podcast um during this recap like the last one Okay. I wrote down that one of my main issues, I think, now I'm, this is a theory that I'm working out out loud per usual, is that my issue with the Real Houses of Beverly Hills Girls is that they don't seem to confront things like in the moment. Like if, if a woman, for example, let's think, if Jennifer said to Jackie, on New Jersey, oh, this is a chicken tender. You can't eat this. Uh, Jackie, I, I'm a thousand percent sure, would say something to Jennifer in the moment. And then like, what the fuck? Or Melissa would have been like, huh? Like there would have been reactions. There was really no reaction. I think Crystal kind of did a what type of thing with Erica. But that was it. And of course, Erica looks like a fucking Disney villain wandering around in her white fur like Corella fucking DeVille and is wasted and out of control. Um, then about five minutes into this new episode, we get one of the funniest clips I have ever seen. I have to say, if Bravo is filming you while you're singing, playing an instrument, doing a comedy show, just know that we're not laughing with you. We're laughing at you. And I'm looking at you, Tom Sandoval, when you play that trumpet. Okay. When Usher gets up there in his red velvet suit with his flowing locks and sings Oh Holy Night, I could not stop laughing because the women are crying. They are acting like this is Andrea Bocelli and they are being serenaded by a god. This man is accompanied by another man playing piano with an iPad. Okay. On the piano instead of like a book of music. Like there's an iPad. That was jarring. Um, Erica, I will say, was making me laugh and she was hitting those high notes and she was like, she really thought she was doing something. It was disrespectful. It was not nice to do that. But the, the juxtaposition of Kyle wiping tears and just hearing Erica lean back and like belt a note while Asher is singing, singing for his life. And in that moment, I realized why Diana is on this show. I was like, oh, this is why. Because she needs her husband, boyfriend, baby daddy to get a music deal and get the fuck out. 
Like that is what is happening here because I have been asking for weeks. I'm like, why is this woman on the show? If I had that much money, you would never see my fucking face again. Like I would never go on TV. I would never do anything. I would quit everything. I would no, 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 no. And now I'm like, oh, okay. Like I get it. Like you want your man to like become a star, a a musical star. It's never going to happen. And then at the very end, when he just goes out of like he just sang, he's he's kind of out of breath and he just goes, you got to go there sometimes. I was like, oh, my God, he really thinks that he just like did something like he really thinks. And of course, this moment did take me back to when David Foster, multi award winner, producer, p- piano player, producer of the stars like Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, Michael Buble, Josh Groban, et cetera, et cetera, was playing. I understand why they were all listening. The man had like 30 Grammys. This is Asher, the 29-year-old baby daddy of Diana Jenkins. I do not think so. It really gave, you just got to go there sometimes. Like I have the clip, thank God, forever embedded in my Instagram so whenever I need a laugh or you need a laugh just head over there and check it out because it's so good it's so good um and you know Erica's wasted and we've all been there we've all been really drunk at maybe we shouldn't have been that drunk you know like that which is the worst feeling it's the fucking worst feeling when you're the drunkest person in the room and no one is on your level, it's a very chill Christmas party and you're like, you know, you got Rina on snatch guard. It's not good. But I have to say, like, if you know that you are on medicine, you should probably know that you shouldn't drink like that. Because as someone who is on Zoloft, I know that, I can't drink a certain amount or else like for some reason, I, I'm not a scientist, not a doctor, but for me personally, I black out so easy. Like I won't even have to drink a lot and I, I act normal. Like I just act like a little tipsy, but like I wake up and I'm like, I don't remember that. Like it's really bad. It's really scary. Um, so if you are on any sort of medication like that, like, please be careful. I do. I mean, I never agree with Rena usually, but the woman was right. She was like, you can't be doing that. Like, this is unacceptable. You know, it's not healthy. You really could hurt yourself or someone else. Like, this is really bad. And it seems like everybody is understanding this except for Kyle, um, because Kathy visibly is uncomfortable with this. I think Kathy has a very hard time being around people who are out of control. And I think Kathy likes to have a good time, but I think it really triggers her back to, you know, maybe having to deal with Kim or her mom, who I know was a big partier, according to like several reports in the house of Hilton and just Kyle saying that her mom took her to like studio 54 when she was like 15. You get what I'm saying. So I think Kathy has like a real issue with that and it makes her really uncomfortable So I applaud her for saying like that this is an issue and Kyle is an enabler. She's an she's a natural enabler. It's her natural state of being. She did it with Kim. She enables that behavior. And Crystal, I mean, Crystal was accurate, too. And she said Kyle's idea of friendship is one where you just have to agree with everything 
that your friend does. You have to support everything that they do. And I don't, and I don't subscribe to that. Like, I think you can be a good friend and be like, listen, like you're acting insane. You're acting erratic. This is a very slippery slope. Like Garcelle's trying to say, and Kyle, of course, is arguing with her. And I'm like, why do you have to argue with everything Garcelle says? And there is this beautiful tension between the two of them that I just thoroughly enjoy watching because they hate each other. Garcelle and Kyle truly hate hate one another. And I really, I sit back and I enjoy that. And I eat it up. I get my popcorn. And it's just the subtleties in the way that they speak to one another, the way that they look at one another. It's like something, and I'm sorry to the straight men if you're listening, You, I don't think most men can pick up on these subtleties. Like, men are so funny. I will just do like a quick little side anecdote. I went to my friend Gracie's birthday party and we were playing beer pong against her boyfriend and like some girl. I've never met this girl. We've never met this girl before. We have no idea who she is. Like no shade to her, whatever. She was clearly hitting on her boyfriend, on my friend Gracie's boyfriend. And this, her boyfriend is like completely oblivious to this. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I know as a woman what she is doing. And then it turns out that she was because then later in the day, her, me and this girl were chit-chatting actually about Bravo. And I said, oh yeah, that's Gracie's boyfriend, Will. And she was like, oh, and I was like, yeah. And she was like, oops. And I was like, it's okay. Like, so you know what I'm saying? These are just subtleties women understand. And that's kind of what's going on with between her and Kyle. And I am living for it. Um... Now, I don't like Diana and I don't want her to be a housewife ever again, but I will applaud her for being able to apologize and move on from things. Uh, Now, did she drag things out with Sutton for a really long time? Yes, but I did like that there was some resolution with her and Garcelle this episode. I don't think Garcelle fucks with her at all, but Garcelle was like, thank you for the apology. I got to go. She took her little tinsel jacket and got the fuck out uh diana and sutton they did have a nice moment at kyle's the week before where diana got you know sensitive and vulnerable about like how she really was feeling and i was like why the fuck didn't you act like that this whole time (sighs) whatever it's fine and i did notice that there was a lot more christmas decorations than i originally had thought i thought it was just a couple snow globes and a christmas tree and i thought why are these women acting like this woman is Mrs. Claus. She actually did a cute job. There was tons of trees I did see in the background because I was like on the fucking lookout. Um, uh, what am I going to say? Oh, I kind of already talked about the, Sorry, I'm like looking at my notes right now. But I just want to say like I did enjoy the conversation between Brenna and Mikey and Erica. And, you know, it's a very serious conversation that they're having with her. You know, Erica does have a lot on her plate. I I don't know how much Erica knew about Tom. I think she just really enjoyed the life that she was getting. I don't think she asked a lot of questions. So they're having a serious conversation. And Erica is dabbing her eyes and wiping them with a silly Santa napkin. With Santa's upside down, twirling, jumping. I found it funny because that shit just that little stuff like really gets me going like when you're having a serious conversation and like someone whips us a, a, a napkin with like a hundred little Santas dancing. It just gave me a chuckle. Um, and one side note is that it's not even a side note really. It's about Dorit. I really fucking love Dorit. I she wins me back. You guys know my opinions change like the breeze like people can. I'm such a sucker like 
these women can win me over in a second. I've always talked with Dorit. I actually hot take. People can yell at me if they want. It will be nothing new. I was team Dorit in the Pantygate situation. Her first season. I that was I was I was team Dorit. So it's just my natural state of being to love her. And I think her and PK have a really beautiful relationship. And I love Jaggy and Phoenix. And I think she's a beautiful mother. Also, I think she's the princess of uh, confessional looks. And of course, Cynthia Bailey is the queen of confessional looks and will always be the reigning queen of confessional looks. Um, I do have to say that something that's really, really refreshing is that Sutton hasn't had a lot of work done to her face. So it's really refreshing to see a woman on Real Houses of Beverly Hills specifically whose face still moves. And this is no shade to people who get work done, but it's just not something you see on television really. So when you see a woman whose face is like actually expressive and can move and like do all that, it's nice. And I have to say, I think Sutton is a beautiful woman. She has piercing eyes. And I think it really bugs the flat force five that viewers love this woman who wears cat sweaters and talks about her neuropathy. They are like, this woman is supposed to be a dork, a flop, a loser. And Erica calling her a liability is honestly a compliment because that just shows that Sutton can't be bought. She can't like she doesn't need anything and she can say whatever she wants. And they don't like that. She's a threat to them. And I find it hilarious that this tiny little woman in a kitten sweater is a threat. I find it so I just love it so much. Um, and her on this date with CNG, it was just really, really sweet. I I wasn't nervous at first that this was their first date. But when she said that they had gone out to a dive bar, I was like, Sutton, you're so fun. I really liked them together. I thought that they were really cute. They when sh- they were sharing the glasses. It was such a Carrie and big moment in, in the first movie, like when they're in bed together. And I loved that. It was super sweet. And I want an update. I want to know if they if they're still together, if they've gone out since. Like, I want Sutton to have a boyfriend. I want her to find love. We need... The fact that Shep Rose had a dating show and Sutton Strack doesn't is a disgrace. And I would love to see that. Um, Okay. That is all I pretty much have to say about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It was a busy week, you guys. It was a lot. All right, you guys, I just wanted to thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will see you guys on Tuesday with a new episode of Hot Off the Mess. And I hope you guys have a great weekend. Bye. Media Production.